welcome, folks. Once again, it's how you living. Bonjour, shalom, what's up? And how you living, Mikel? Living once again live in Greenwood in the Chad's Tower, high atop inside the Million Dollar Studios. I'm doing well, man. How are you? Not bad, not bad. The world's still crazy, but at least I'm not crazy. Ever crazy, forever crazy, in fact. Um, and yeah, the reign of 45 continues and uh, wreaks havoc with the world as we know it. Right. Um, but uh, here at How You Live in Studio headquarters, we like to start with a look back at the episodes and the topics we've discussed in a little segment we call callbacks oh yeah and uh today on callbacks uh i guess kind of a throwback in the beginning to uh the episode where we met, we talked about kneeling and the oh uh, yeah the nfl uh <clears throat> different uh types of nfl protests towards uh the injustices in our country and uh the uh uh the protest continued to have steam in the media uh, this week oh yeah i was listening to the dana show and she had a few callers on there and the interesting thing about the callers is they've the media has done a real quote-unquote good job of misconstruing what it's about because they think it's about it's a thing against trump and they're really mad that they're disrespecting the troops uh one guy on there was really upset that they weren't kneeling for uh, a little kid who died in Chicago um, and he was really upset because he was a father and I'm like I get that you're upset right but that's not what they're kneeling for yeah exactly and uh, and I mean I get it I, I get you know things go through telephone and things get the wrong idea but you know we'll say it we'll always clear to give you guys the right message for what they're doing it they're doing it about police brutality but specifically they're doing it is because unarmed black men get shot for things that they shouldn't get shot for and and then when it comes to go to trial it either doesn't go to trial or they don't get indicted there's always something and this is kind of also a callback to another episode we did where in one of our more serious topics we went and looked at the different laws and how the laws are basically set up where basically if they go i was scared they get off right yeah at any point yeah <clears throat> if they yeah if they make allude to that idea well um and the protest also uh signified a, a a ramped up uh significance when they uh were responding to trump and his allegations that that it was disrespectful to the flag and country and kind of solidified that false argument mm -hmm. for the, all the supporters that want to believe that and so now we had uh, a fury of like youtube videos of people burning like different jerseys they did that last year with colin kaepernick yeah and then like making his jersey and lynch's jersey into uh, a doormat in front of like a sports bar in one town and like if that's how they feel that's how they feel yeah yeah it works both ways yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh it's an interesting ongoing issue and you know we're only in like week four of the nfl season that's true so it's going to be continued to be discussed i think uh every week and i and i do see it now in other arenas because the whole lebron james controversy oh yeah regarding it controversy non-controversy but uh you know with uh dan gilbert even mentioning during a uh where, where apparently there is an air raid 
occurring in the million dollar studios no uh but uh yeah the uh, uh what was oh dan gilbert was his is his owner was uh actually said he was given death threats after lebron made his statements about um supporting uh steph curry for not going to the white house and calling <laughs> trump a bum <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, sports fans, it's not that serious. Yeah, yeah. You didn't? Oh, did you not hear about that tweet where he's he called he called him a bum? Cause, oh like, no, I saw that. Okay. I saw that yeah. LeBron James basically was like, "Nah, son. I mean, you you basically saying he's uninvited. It's like you saying I quit when the person said no, you're fired. And it's like it's too late, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, and it's an ongoing uh talk and and i and what i what i do think about sports as far as like a reflection of of our society is that we do you know support these people all throughout our lives like if you go back to like our youth and when in our college sports like like this is kind of this ingrained idea that they they represent something that we're trying to achieve as people and as a group and that's why we fill stadiums and all these things you mm-hmm. know and so i do think sometimes you know we we try to like cast sports off into this like abyss of like meaninglessness and i do think there is some reflection of society that's important and part of professional sports and it's like platform it has it's like the solo thing that has that type of platform yeah when you when you look at professional sports especially football because football is the biggest professional sport in the states and and especially because there is more of a culture around football than there is any other sport here in the states Right. So when you look at that and and you look at that, a lot of the bigger teams that have like the really huge followings are in cities that have under a million people in it. Yeah. Like you have cities like the big cities all have teams. Um, you know, New York has two, of course, but one's in suburban New York and the other's in like more metropolitan New York. But you have the things like the Buffalo Bills that are in a place that have a huge following. You have the Green Bay Packers yeah. that have a huge following. Yeah. You even have the Cleveland Browns who have their huge enough following. I mean, yeah, despite they all. suck, but <laughs> but y'all still love them. Yeah. All right? Don't be hating. Y'all still love them. <laughs> they do. The dog pound, man. <laughs> and... And then, like, in a lot of the individuals who like those sports, I could see also supporting other things. And so I can see why sports fans are so upset about the kneeling when they're definitely the people who would coincide with a lot of the veterans that are in the army. A lot of the people who, like, you know, because shit went down with the economy, they're like, well, maybe the army is the only way I can get things done. Or there's a mother who really likes to support the husband that really likes that team. And, you know, and their son's also in the army. It's like, what do you mean? Why Why are you trying to, like, my son's making a sacrifice for your bitch ass. Well, why Why would you just stand the fuck up, right? Like, so I get why people are mad, right? <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting line. And you can definitely see different teams reacting to it differently now as time is progressing and trying to, like, you know, in some way honor the national anthem, but still show their protest of the, Mm -hmm. of the social injustices. And and yeah, it's a, it's going to be an interesting story. So that's a, it's a dynamic callback. Yeah. Uh, Also, one final thing before we get into the episode, 
Um, have you seen it on Snopes? There's been a thing on Facebook saying that uh, Colin Kaepernick got the idea of kneeling from a guy who was an army vet. And that is a true story. So he kneels to show appreciation for the flag while protesting the flag. Just just keep that in mind next time y'all get in an outrage because people are kneeling. Yeah, and well it was uh Nate Boyer, which if I'm oh, not there you go. If I'm not mistaken, Nate Boyer actually played for the Seahawks and uh and he didn't make the roster the next season. He didn't he, he was actually the last person cut. Oh wow. But he was the first like veteran who who wasn't an NFL player before going to war, came back from war and um played for a professional team but i think he was a i think he was a long snapper was his specialty oh, okay so for uh for like punts and stuff um which is kind of you know a rare specialty to have which is why yeah he played for in the 2015 uh off season so he was oh that's right he he played in our uh preseason games okay okay he played in all the preseason games and he was the last person cut but yeah <clears throat> so yeah, Nate Boyer was the one that he reached out to, uh, and he said that 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 was a, a fair way to honor the flag while or honor honor what was going on while the national because it's not even about the flag. People forget the national anthem; it's uh-huh. like a separate song, and like we don't have to go back into that. I think we mentioned that last episode, right? Yeah, I even got it confused with the the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Which, <laughs> but you know, which is also a very important and well, not imp- I mean, whatever. Is, <laughs> I mean, is made to be important? Maybe I mean, maybe I don't find this shit important anymore. I think there there, there are tropes to show that you have allegiance to America, and usually people are unfortunate flappable about them because they were taught to, to honor that from an early age and then you start to think about it and you're like wait i kind of hated saying it and mm-hmm. then we'd fake it and stuff and like right and you just all say the last words because <laughs> you know for, for, for all huh all right i'm out <laughs> <laughs> yeah but and whatever i'm a terrible american i mean i do i do eye canada with some loving you know eyes sometimes hey girl hi what's up <laughs> you spent a little time in Canada. It's a nice little uh, spot. You you were actually in the area I would probably choose the yeah. the British Columbia. Yeah, Vancouver is legit. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're now officially into the episode. I'm not going to name the number because I get it wrong every time. But you know, it's, it's episode 34. You know, it's in the 30s, <laughs> and you know it looks good, and you should swipe right. <laughs> it's episode 34. You should also leave us a review on iTunes because yeah. that really helps out the podcast. It does. You got to give a review. Give it a five stars. Don't give any of that shady shit. <laughs> None of that shady shit. We ain't looking for that shit. Be honest, but you you, you know we're delivering a five star show, so keep it up um but yeah we're here in the show uh what what major topic uh did you want to dive into to to start off the show that that you kind of picked up on over the week what's uh so it's it's sign of a callback i told y'all last week that we would talk about medicare for all um so for bill watch we're gonna do some medicare for all now i want to let you guys know that there are i think we like briefly touched on it a few episodes ago um and there's a couple of medicare for all bills out there there's this one which is uh s 
1804 Medicare for All Act of 2017. There's another one out there from another senator that is the the improved uh, Medicare for All Act. And that one was introduced earlier in the year, like basically right when Congress started. And this one was um, introduced really recently um, on the actually in the 13th of September. So. So we'll touch on a little of the things that it goes over. And uh, this one's starting in the Senate, right? Yeah, yeah this because Senate bill. this is um, Bernie Sanders. It has, uh, let me tell you about the co-sponsors. Let me see if they're, they're it look like they're all Democratic co-sponsors, which is kind of what you expect from all there. But you got uh, Cory Booker in there. You got Al Franken. So, you know, you got your big players and everything. It would have been nice to see a, a Republican or two, but you know they were trying to do their last ditch efforts with McConnell, not McConnell, um, Graham, that Graham bill that was a POS. But let me see. So then the first one we'll say is like Title One is establishing of universal Medicare program, universal entitlement enrollment, and this basically says that everyone who lives in this country as a resident has access and is entitled to health care. Right. Title Two is comprehensive benefits, including preventative benefits and for long term care. So you know they have things for mental health and substance abuse. They have laboratory and diagnostic services, comprehensive reproductive maternity and newborn care, pedia- pediatrics, oral yeah. care, audiology, and vision services. So, supposed to be comprehensive. Right. It's supposed to be, it's basically every, it's trying to take away everything that's expensive about, you know. And what's the length of this bill? It's pretty long. Okay. Does it, yeah, doesn't give a list and page. But, because um, I'm just trying to wonder, because like, the the ultimate the ultimate um, argument that they always made was how big the Obamacare was, and that's where all the pork was hidden, is because it's you know this giant chapter book. Uh huh. Um, and so I was wondering if maybe in in some he he because those bullet points were pretty those were hitting some pretty general terms, so it's almost as if he's trying to nail it down in as few words as possible, so as not to hang up. That looks like that's like a twenty page bill. That's pretty rad. Yeah, um, because Obamacare was nine hundred and thirty-eight pages. Yeah, yeah, that's too many, um, and I and I agree to some degree that that's too many, but also it is a very complicated issue, and so that that's got to be one of the hardest decisions is what needs to be in it physically on the on the bill as opposed to what can be kind of implicit in its use later and yeah. things like that. Um, but yeah, there, and there are some uh, definite uh, naysayers on this plan. I guess Forbes l- released an article uh, yesterday t- entitled The Number Three Reason Why Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All is Singular or Bad Idea. Oh, what did they say? Uh, I mean, it's I, I, I didn't click on it because it's Forbes, and so <laughs> it's, it's basically just going to be like a financial review, which, which kind of makes sense because Forbes is only going to make money if business people think that Forbes is a, relative, is a relevant company. Oh, yeah, that and makes sense. business people make more money off the current healthcare system oh, yeah. by far because you have the pharmaceuticals, you have the medical distribution, you have medical sales, you have doctors as well as recruiters uh-huh. for doctors. You have the actual private hospitals. You have then state hospitals hospitals Mm -hmm. and then you have all the different private clinics and state-run clinics and so just the number of people who have their hands in it and then you add insurance companies on layer on top of that 
And then this secondary non-insured layer on top of that, mm-hmm. you create a pie that can 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 get a lot of other different people rich. Yeah. Whereas something like a Medicare for all plan, you know, you're going to start cutting some of those businesses out. Yeah. And uh, and another thing, too, uh, what people don't realize is that um, doctors in other countries that have kind of more socialized health care are well off, but they're not well off. Right. And. Uh, like the right kind of doctors here in America are well off and and part of that reason is because of the inflated costs and everything that happened in healthcare and Medicare at all would to a degree put an end to all that I mean you know a doctor could still own a house that's like you know a million or so dollars and he might make you know 350,000 a year and we haven't looked through all of the bill but I would hope there would be some sort of uh discount on their medical metal degree costs and everything that they would give them especially if they go to the rural locations yeah well and i just kind of thumbed through this article and i can tell you that they're basically using the similar tropes to uh to medicare for all that they always use they use examples they say that in canada you have to wait uh they say the approximate national average wait time for medical procedures is 20 weeks and that's totally a scare tactic because it's not actually accurate. You have mm-hmm. to think that that's, that's including people who are waiting like on liver transplants. There's all kinds of stuff that's going to go into that number that they're, yeah. not, they're not exposing when they just say something like that. And then the other thing they said is they compared the unroll, uh, unveilment of uh, a universal health care plan in Venezuela. Uh, yeah, but Venezuela had a bad backbone to it. And like, it, it's stop total, trying to, yeah. yeah, stop trying to make your argument based on Venezuela on, is, you know, methodology. I mean, socialism is a methodology, right? It's a methodology mixed in with an ideology. And if you execute it incorrectly, like Venezuela did, you get that shit. But if you execute it in an effective way, like you know, parliamentary countries have, then you get things like Norway, right. Denmark, Sweden, Finland, yeah. Sweden. Exactly. All right. So fuck off with that bullshit, people. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, because it's never, it's never like this, like really articulate answer where it's like. No, you don't see that the there here and here's a solution, right? Because it's never here's a solution. The solution is always status quo, right? Which is bullshit. We all know that we need a better system. It's mm-hmm. clear. The only clear is day. So, and then that's that's a one day old article. That's the third article out of three that says um, and Google's response for Medicare for all. And so there's two against and one for. So just in that, you're creating bias just based on the algorithm that Google uses to produce their news. So, yeah, uh, this healthcare thing is going to be a difficult road. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you know what I do want to do is I'm going to write down, write this down to remind myself. But I have seen that there there's articles out there that says that Medicare for all isn't the only way to get um, health care for everybody. So I kind of want to take a look at those articles to see what are other options out there and how those options would compare to Medicare for all so we can make informed decisions like Americans should. Yeah, and I think I think one answer to that is a state-by-state solution. I just think that there has to be some type of federal backbone to that that catches, that's the kind of a catch-all, you know. I, I, I do think overall the states have been dragging their feet on it. I mean, the Massachusetts plan was working. Oregon's plan was working. I think at one point Washington's Apple plan was working. And then it got mm-hmm. a, it got a little weird, and I, I think it kind of got muddied by Obamacare just based on how it was going to operate within that confine. So, 
And then I think uh, OHP, Oregon's version, got kind of muddied as well. But I think um, they they were just small kind of bumps in the road as an attempt to really get the most millions of Americans in states that weren't even trying anything. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing is that programs like OHP basically is now similar finally to what it was when when Obamacare went in effect and then uh you know I don't even think Massachusetts has uh state federal care I think it's I think it's all through the whatever the Obama provisions were but yeah it's uh it's it's a weird system and it 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 never it never really created any type of uniform uh federal backbone that was a catch-all yeah and i think what people forget is like whenever they go to the state system i i think it's good if that state's gdp is high enough to fund it yeah and and a lot of things with obamacare is obamacare was giving um the medicare subsidies and this basically just feels like an increase to pseudo subsidies um in a sense for medicare for all but in places where their gdp is low where their gdp is that of you know a rural papua new guinea yeah. where you have california whose gdp is like one of the highest in the world if it was its own country right right so there this is this is where i think the federal help needs to come in and they they talk about all of the republican plans always seem to have this block grant idea and I don't I'm not actually opposed to the block grant idea and uh, the block grant idea would have been good if it funded everything that was needed. And the issue was wasn't with the methodology. It was how robust it was. Yeah. And it just wasn't robust enough to cover everything that would be needed to cover everything that people were going through in each individual state. Yeah. And I mean, I, it feels like at this point, you know, they've got to start giving incentive programs to innovators to come up with technologies and answers to our health dilemmas that can help address this problem from also a separate angle other than just financing. Mm -hmm. Cause right now, like the whole fear is that we're going to be financially inept once all the baby boomers um, start hitting the seventies and eighties and really start maybe pulling on the system through, through ailments and, and nursing care and right. all kinds of different things. But they, they are there. They are in their seventies right now. Yeah. You're born in like 1945. Yeah. Th that's what I'm saying. And that's why, that's why it's been a, a like from both sides, the rhetoric is that the system is flawed mm -hmm. and that, and that it's going to fail based on, on this baby boomer thing. And then ultimately, uh, the next generation, the next generation after that, which are which are larger, but um, the uh, the answer that I'm saying is that uh, ultimately you have to not just address financing them through the working population, through social security, through all those different things that add to the Medicare kind of portfolio. You also need to address it on the on the innovation side because that's oh, yeah. that's Amer we always have to bet on American innovation. Like that's the way we get through all of these issues that we look at in our history at different types of, of, of uh, problems and like in the food supply or in a water supply, we always address it through technology. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what we need to start really focusing our time and energy on. And I think if we could get some of this political rhetoric to calm down because the populace right now is wasting so much of its time and energy fighting on these ideologies. Oh yeah, for that sure. That we're not getting down to fighting for the real thing, which is the technologies. You know, and they're not all science-hating, you know, 
Oh yeah, no, of fear, course not. Fear mongering, just rah rah rah. There's there's intelligent people on the other side that that somehow kind of got pulled into the wave of this of this movement, and and they believe in technology too, and they're using technology, right? You know, and in a fierce way, you know, in in different ways of you know the media and and memes and all that. But uh, we need. The, the to quell that political strife down so that those energies can be used and put towards answering and solving some of these real problems that we're all debating in these forums for sure yeah and and i think and i think medical technologies and the advancement of that is an opportunity for different states that may or may not have um going out of business style enterprises and industries you know things that you know if manufacturing's going away if mining's going away if if something's going away i think medical technologies and the infrastructure that's going to create to to save and and produce a more efficient uh field is something omaha nebraska can do i think it's something West Virginia can do. Oh yeah, and uh, and I think I think if we if we kind of slow the rhetoric down and actually get get a a working Congress, mm-hmm. and, and and I mean that's what I think all Americans can agree. I think anyone who kneels for the for the national anthem or anyone who stands up during it or yells during it. Uh, we can all agree that we need a goddamn Congress that works, you right? Know? And and it actually is functional, and it, it doesn't mean one party takes over. It means that the people that are sent there start working today, mm-hmm. you know, and together in 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 an idea of actually building this country from where it's at, and not we don't have to argue over what it was like 200 years ago or 250 years ago. What we need to talk about is what it's like right now. And what we can do about it. Because what's happening is we're just sitting there adding to ideologies and rhetoric on both sides. And and it's fueling something bigger. And then you get the Trump movement, which adds this whole like racial tinge in rhetoric to the to the fire, which is which is emboldening both sides in and and it's becoming so close and mimicking war so much that you wonder what where the tinderbox is going to be lit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where where is the strife going to actually turn to arms, you know? Yeah, and that's the scariest part, man. We can prevent that if we can if we can actually get together through hearts and minds. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, I think if we talk more about the commonalities between everybody, because you know everybody out here just trying to work to make a living, trying to just live. No way they want to. If you have kids, you're trying to take care of your kids, you know. Yeah. And people just have different values on what you're supposed to do with that. But if you, you know, you sit down, you talk to people, and you figure out where their values are, you figure out where you agree, and you figure out where you disagree, you figure out where you're like, oh my god, you're my brother for life, and you figure out those issues too, where you're like, ew, fuck you. Right? Yeah. Like you got to do all that. But even when you get to the point where it's like, ew, fuck you, like you got to think about why, and. Uh, and then, like, just make sure, like, when you're thinking about why it's, you, you're pretty sure why you think that way. And it's not like you think that way because you're just conditioned to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think we can all use a humanity check, you know, at different points during the day, in different points during our life. Uh-huh. You know, to just, to just check in and realize that, you know, the person that cut you off on the highway or the person that you know, got the job that you didn't get, you know, these are all just, you know, 
blood and brain people like you just walking right. around trying to keep everything moving and hoping they're making the right choices. And ultimately, humanity is a bigger cause for us. And that and it goes back to spaceship Earth, the idea that we're we're all yeah. we're all on this on this together. This isn't a hundred different countries as much as we want to believe it is. It's seriously one, and that's country Earth on planet Earth. On the Earth address, spinning around Sun, right? You know, like that's 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 where we're at. That's where we get our mail, and uh, and that's and that's how we need to start looking at it. And you can you can tell, just as education and information passes around the world, that that message is being heard internationally. Uh huh. You know, the international world is seeing the plight of of water droughts and 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 storms and and lack of infrastructure and jobs and insecurities and and they're applying climate sciences in new ways and things and they're applying it in ways that are are <coughs> possibly rudimentary by our terms mm -hmm. but because of those they're adaptable they're maneuverable they're they're available in places that we wouldn't be able to reach with our technologies that need so much infrastructure for them to be implemented and so it's kind of it's kind of embarrassing to be in a country that's that's having this climate change debate you know in the middle of this racial debate in the middle of this kneel for the fucking <laughs> flag debate that that the real debate needs to be when are we going to get on board for for stop polluting this earth that we're on you know and, right and 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 start saving it and realizing war is a waste of time building armaments is a waste of time mm -hmm. that basically it boils down to money isn't everything right but for a lot of people it is because they don't have enough money to live right and i think you might even ask the question about like why do we need money to live like why is that the process that tells us what we're worth why is that the process that tells us what we can have in life where we can live or who we can interact with like there's a lot of stuff surrounding it so yeah and i think if we can get our mentalities past that and more into a place where it's like let's let's make sure everybody has what they need and let's only take what they need that's a very i guess i would say native american way of looking at it where you know when they kill an animal they use everything that the animal has to offer and everything like that but you know <laughs> you want to hear the crassest joke about that oh god just heard <laughs> uh, oh no okay <laughs> the guy goes uh he goes uh yeah we uh we killed a buffalo the other day but you got to you got to make sure you got to make sure you got to make sure that you use 100% you use 100% of the buffalo use 100% of the buffalo so we cut off one of its legs and we ate it and then i used the other 95% of the buffalo to fuck <laughs> you got to make sure you use all of the buffalo yeah I shouldn't have laughed at that. Oh my god, it's a terrible that was, joke. That's so terrible. But it was like it was repeated by a comedian like two nights ago. I was listening to a podcast and he was repeating it from another comedian. So I just figured, oh god, keep the train to keep going. The train going. <laughs> that's too much. Yeah, you just gotta make sure you use all of the buffalo. But other, that was a good Medicare for all talk, and we'll talk more about the other alternatives next week. Um, is there anything else going on in America? What is the state of America? Yeah, I mean, outside of all that, it feels like you know we're moving into fall. 
Uh, we're attempting to recover from these hurricanes. Obviously, right now, oh yeah, the uh, response to Puerto Rico is is incredible news and he- making headlines as Trump goes to Twitter to <laughs> to decide that we need money from Puerto Rico, and Puerto Rico doesn't need immediate aid. Essentially, so and, and I think a lot of people will like who don't know about Puerto Rico will um. We'll make that assessment, but first you have to understand that Puerto Ricans are American citizens. Yes, like they are American citizens. Like I'll I'll say it again, they're American citizens. Yeah. So they and the two, they're an island, right? Do you know what that means, people? Like, yeah, you can. He can say all the stuff he wants about the other places, like Florida and Houston, having everything, but you know. Cuba is not Cuba. Fuck. <laughs> Puerto Rico has a it's it's surrounded by water, so yeah, you got to access it by plane or sea, right? And yeah. and then it took them like nine or ten days to take down the Jones Act, which put different uh, restrictions on what was able to go there, who was able to put boats there, and everything. So and you you know it's it's typical Trump rhetoric, but this time it's Amer it's he. Like he's always been against Americans, like in in the broad swath of it all. But this is kind of like where ones are kind of like where people who are ignorant to it can go. Well, what do you mean Puerto Ricans aren't Americans? So why why do they need all our help? Yeah, and, and then the amount of debt that they have is lower than the other two people places he's praising. So it's kind of like and the other two places are on the mainland. So there's other places unaffected by the storm whatsoever. Even in Texas, there's places unaffected by the storm. You hit a road up, boom, or you you know you can get an airdrop or whatever. Right? They have resources to recover, so the recovery is going to go faster. But them. Like, did you know that the cell phone towers in Puerto Rico, all like 75% of those things went down? Yeah. So when it came to delivering information out of Puerto Rico, it was nigh impossible. Yeah. Right. And even when you looked at the Maria, that was the one that hit it and it hit it at a category four, but it hit it at a category four and it just engulfed it. Like if you look around, yeah, yeah it, you look at it and it just covered the entire island where you couldn't see it above the clouds. Yeah. And so they're like they got hit fucking hard. So all the Trump's rhetoric that, you know, Puerto Rico isn't doing their job and they need our help way too much. They do need our help way too much because all of their resources comes from the outside like outside of their nation yeah or not their nation their, yeah their state their territory i yeah, don't I think, even know what to call them yeah, i mean it's it is it's 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 it is a complicated because it is like its own island commonwealth yeah <laughs> and they but they are american citizens but they do consider when you send money there it's a form of like recidivism or whatever uh where it's uh, like where you send money back to your home country which is like easily probably 30 percent or whatever of its of its income oh yeah is, is people that live in new york and miami and, uh-huh. and send and send money back i mean anywhere in the country but you know those are two places that have larger populations of puerto rican uh descendant people and uh but at the same time they've even had referendums to vote as a state and i think they're getting closer in their minds as to going forward with that which would also kind of cut a lot of this red tape that trump was alluding to even though he easily could have avoided it just through executive decision and making and and, and, yeah sent sent things down um but uh but yeah and so so it's clearly like in it 
yeah, it needs our help. You know, like you said, like if everyone's got a cell phone and all the cell phone towers are down, that's immediately everyone's contact point. You know, you have to you have to get that fixed. Right. And if that means you got to get Zuckerberg over there with his like drone technology or whatever, then get Zuckerberg over there with his drone. I mean, Mr. Worldwide is flying his private jet to get cancer patients to the mainland so they can get help. Yeah. Pay bull, man. Right. I know. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. He you know, and and he was on a an episode of Bill Maher a few weeks back, and 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 had some really good points. Like it's you know, people make fun of Pitbull because that's his name in the rap game is Pitbull. And so right. It's like, talk about the guy, just call him Pitbull. But the the man, you know, he he actually does some interesting stuff, and he's politically active and motivated, right. and uh, and that's important, you know. And right, don't be mad because he's reggaeton personified. <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> exactly. 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 But uh, but yeah, I guess that was kind of the other major story was kind of the reaction and and how Puerto Rico is dealing with it. And you know, Puerto Rico will bounce back. You know, it it does it. You know, will receive aid eventually. As as Trump might drag his feet, different NGOs will come in. Like things mm-hmm. things things will happen, and uh and 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 it'll be back and it'll now have a little bit of an edge, uh against Trump. We might have just gained. One more, uh, you know, giant uh, supporter in the in the mission to get him out of there. Oh yeah, in the form of maybe our fifty first state. You know, yeah, so, definitely so, want to see them become a state because if they, they if they could throw yeah another couple electrical electoral votes in the D's pocket. Oh uh, yeah, you know that's all it would have taken sway a little bit there. Pl- oh, they can actually they can vote in um, primaries, but they can't vote in generals. Right. Yeah. But they, I just know they also, they're not, they don't affect the electoral map. I don't yeah. think. No, no, no. You're right. You're right about that. They don't, they, they're not in the electoral college at all. Yeah. But if they were a state, they would be. Yeah. And that would be based on their population. So yeah. that might be like. One, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. But still. Yeah. That's why I said a couple. But yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. 538.com couldn't be 538.com anymore yeah. <laughs> well, wait, yeah wait no never mind it's like a throwback at that point you know it's like like an 8-bit yeah you know, <laughs> you know you're running 8-bit but you're running it on your new you know 128-bit there you go but uh yeah i you know and so and you know there's also talk of dc one day becoming the 51st state you know and that that would also be dc has some odd like representation issues too yeah i think they would get two or three electoral college votes yeah i think they have a little larger population um I mean, they're probably pretty similar to Puerto Rico, actually. Yeah, in the DC metro area and island of Puerto Rico probably pretty similar size. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, it's and 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 <laughs> you know these are options. These are out there. You know, like as far as like ways the Dems can can start to seed power. We also st- we have to go back to the gubernatorial debate. You know, we need more governors. Oh yeah, we need more Democratic governors. You are right about that. And, and aren't there a lot up in 2018? Uh, it's plenty up in 2018. Yeah, it's 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 good thing you mentioned that. So I think we should probably take some time, take a look at some uh, highlight some uh, some races. Oh in, yeah. In an upcoming episode, kind of t- give some people some hope of some gubernatorial 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 uh, victories uh somewhere in the line because uh, there's got to be somewhere we can sway a state oh yeah and if we can sway the leadership of the state we can start to sway 
how that uh, state legislation or legislature works. If you can sway that, maybe you can get up to the federal level when you start influencing how the you know Congress is shaped from that state, and maybe we can start to get some of these progressive um, movements going in states that w- you might not have thought of in times before. Oh yeah, and and the, and we can start niching at that argument that the Republicans love to use, which is the number of governors they have. And mm. and it's also the place where they get their next candidate most times, other than the whole Trump situation. Oh uh, yeah, no, you're right. And so we gotta, we have to have some more balanced uh, uh, look at that, you know. And yeah, because if they can run a small, yeah, you know, a small, you know, country as it will, because that's what a lot of states feel like is yeah. their own small country. Yeah, and then still be a public figure, maybe go on an international visit or two. Yeah, you know, there's things. So, yeah, no, I, I, I would hope to see some, some, some hard fought uh, governor races, and uh, and I think that's where we need to start looking is look look to our local environments and let's start winning these elections because we can take trump down he's showing his cards and we're starting to see chinks in the armor and we know what's what are playable and what isn't and he's even having to shake up his own administration in Mm -hmm. order to keep up with the changes and and we just got to keep showing when they're wrong and you know and I, i guess at some point we have to start swaying his his uh supporters and uh that that time is you know in the future we're gonna really have to try and like figure out what we can do but uh but yeah outside of that i think we can get uh moderate republicans to come on board i think he's doing crazy enough shit now yeah that we can do that and if we can get moderate republicans to come on board and we can get some good democratic candidates um we have a chance yeah, what I think, what I want to see from a lot of governors in the 2018 race is bringing high technology to rural locations. Because uh, I've been watching a few videos. I watched a Vice video from last year about how there were people out there who who were wondering, like, why are they are white nationalists and everything like that? And they just basically were like, look at our town. What the fuck? is basically what it what it boiled down to and i was watching a vox video that was saying that when it comes to the parts of america that are without internet it's rural america yeah and uh, and i realized in that moment the amount of uh privileges we have living in the city when it comes to like technology and stuff so yeah. access yeah for sure for sure and and I do think that that's, you know, that's been an ongoing democratic progression. You know, the uh, Rural Electrification Act. Oh, yeah, I remember. I heard about that, too. It was, uh, was a Roosevelt, an FDR uh, situation, um, you know, and it was fought by Republicans at the time as a waste of money. And I think we could do a future one now. And I think we could look to um, solutions that we're starting to apply in places like Africa and things, mm-hmm. which keep costs down. So we don't have to go through these these monopoly markets like Comcast and Time Warner. I don't think these are fixing the situation no, by having not at all. these monopolistic companies come in and build infrastructure that then they just tax your citizens from forever and forever and forever. Uh-huh. I think we need to start thinking about public shared private solutions that actually give value of that as a utility oh, yeah. to the people, therefore being kind of more of a public good. 
And then maybe we can get some of these innovators who are coming up with things like drones and, and cellular towers, you know. I mean, with four, four, if you're getting LG, LTE 4G, uh, 4G LTE or whatever, that's better than a lot of rural places have right now. Yeah. That would be one option, you know, maybe they could expand, you know, how the cellular data plans work in those areas so that they're more affordable for people so they can actually use that type of data. You know, or, and if that technology is not available for that type of thing, there's got to be technology solutions. Oh, and, yeah. And I think you're right. And I think if we can expand that and if we can move them into these jobs, we don't have to just start handing them keyboards and be like, hack away at this. We can just give them the tools that allow for the innovations that we're seeing in the cities to come, yeah. to, come to them. Yeah, exactly. Because they, when they, when they have this trope that all oh, those people in the big cities or all oh, those people on the coast don't understand, they're kind of true to a certain degree. Because like, and think about what else we get from being in a big city. Like, what TED talks happens in Omaha, Nebraska? Right. It's it's not like you might get some in Nashville, Tennessee, because Nashville, Tennessee is a, a big hub and it's growing, or in Memphis, but. You know, if people can't make it out to those and, you know, what are people spending their time on? If, you know, if they if they were able to bring it to them by watching it on the Internet and learn something new and then learn and take that paradigm and apply it to their life, you know, it, it would be it would be life changing, like literally. Yeah. And uh, we can start with we, we, we should like find find it and invite a TED talk to Spokane. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like got a little liberal tinge, but it's definitely rural adjacent and rural governed overall. For but sure, Gonzaga's got to give it a little bit of liberal flavor. Exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, something like that. You know, we and you know, uh, Eastern Oregon. You know, where like yeah, they had the the whole Bundy thing went down. Oh like, shit, that's pl- right. Places like that, you know, and give people an opportunity to 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 take in information and learn. Um, because it'd be yeah. interesting because i right now i feel like i can say this with confidence intellectualism seems subjugated to cities yeah and that shouldn't be the case yeah that is yeah that's definitely a uh, a problem with with how the infrastructure is laid out for sure and it's definitely been you know i i think those those areas have always they've kind of relied on the simplicity and nature of their way of life. Oh yeah, and they might look to technology as as replacing that, and so they've definitely that some of these communities have dragged their feet on opportunities that may have arisen in the past, and so it's going to be hard. But somehow, just to give portions of the population that do and want to experience those things, they need to have access. Yeah, so that's going to be the kind of road you have to you have to walk between. Um. Yeah, nostalgia is a real problem, man. What's that? Nostalgia. Oh yes. You know, because it really, it really kind of the future suffers by people's dragging their feet on the past. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, and that's an interesting ongoing thing. I think it's a personal issue with people individually. I think, and then I think it's on a grander scale um for things like that like if you're living on a farm i mean what's it to me to decide that that's not an amazing way to live um but definitely there's that whole mentality of like well this is the way we are you know we don't want anything to change it's kind of it's interesting you know it's like there's like for sure two sides of that coin meanwhile you know time marches on you know and you might live in a hundred year old home but it's still 2017 indeed so yeah, I don't know. 
but that with that being said, I think we've made it. Uh, do you have anything you want to uh, to to express to make people smarter in their day or grow their brain? Or are you uh, you happy with them exploring the bill? Uh, explore the bill. Um, two videos: the Vox video that I mentioned earlier about uh, what's going on with elect not electricity, uh, with internet and all that is a good video to kind of understand where there are limits of things because because a lot of schools now, even public schools, are becoming more technologically oriented and they don't have computers to do things or, or they don't have Wi-Fi, so it's hard for them to keep up. And you know. You know how that is. Like when I was in school, we we had computers and we had access to rudimentary internet, but it wasn't incorporated in our schooling as much as it is today. So watch that. Also, um, there's a YouTube channel that I've been watching recently called Pop Culture Detective, and they have a, a interesting critique on masculinity and misogyny in Big Bang Theory. Even if you don't like Big Bang Theory itself, it's because uh, I've actually never I've seen like maybe one or two episodes of the show. But the first one, the adorkable misogyny of the Big Bang Theory kind of goes over how even though they're supposed to be nerds and lesser individuals in our society, they're also kind of addicted to women. <laughs> and and then when it can and then in the next one, the complicity of geek masculinity and the Big Bang Theory, it kind of goes into the whole thing where men to be a man have to act a certain way. And even though they don't act that way either, they still give their friends shit for not acting that way. So, and and I like it because I see that happen in geek cultures a lot, where it seems like instead of being comfortable with being, you know, counterculture, it's like, no, I vehemently hate that I am not the big dude who, you, you know, does all the man tropes and not seen as a man. I'm like, me personally, I'm like, I like strawberry daiquiris. What about it? <laughs> Doesn't make my penis smaller. <laughs> but anyway, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Strawberry knackeries are good. <laughs> Tasty beverage. All right, guys, uh, we've done it. We've we've showed you how we're living. Uh, keep it up. We're going into fall. Pick out a nice uh, uh, Halloween costume. You only got a few more weeks till that joint hits. That's right. Halloween. I know. We're already in it. We're already in it. And then ski season. You got to start thinking about that. Got to buy your passes by the first week of November if you want to get that, that cheap deal. You got to get all your gear tuned up so that by December you're ready to roll. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I also wanted to say, I'm going to have to remember to put this at the beginning of the podcast, but if you need to do your open enrollment for Obamacare, remember that starts on November 1st. Oh, dang, that's right. Open enrollment is always November 1st. Right, because they've taken out like 90% of the funding for advertising because they don't want your ass to know. So tell your friends. Better yet, tell the people. Remember how we said the people in the rural um, parts don't have the stuff? Call their ass up. Tell Call you, them. Tell your wives. Tell your kids. Call them. Tell everybody. Call them. Uh, we'll be back next week. Take care, guys. Peace. We out. Top like I'm stuck, that's just how I'm giving it